There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. This is your September rundown episode and I hope you're doing well out there. Thanks so much for checking out another one. As always, I'm your host Anthony Merchant and I'm sitting here in the studio kicking myself because it's episode 37 and you know, quite frankly, I probably should have hit up one of the dudes in Punchline. That, that only seems fitting. Um, I should have had like Steve or Chris on here for like episode 37 because I would love to have them on sometime and uh, kind of... Kind of as I was uh, coming to the studio here on the way, it hit me. I'm like, oh, you know what would like it hit me what number the episode was. I'm like, oh, it's episode 37. Like, you know, it'd be so cool to have one of those dudes on here. And uh, I actually just sent Steve some uh, Power Chord Hour stickers a few months back. And I, and I told him, too, it's like I would love to have you on. Like, I've wanted you on forever. I've loved I've loved Punchline forever. It's just one of those things where, you know, my lazy ass has never reached out to him. And uh, this would be the perfect one. Sadly, it is not. It is me solo here, but uh, I definitely got to have those dudes on sometime. I feel like Punchline gets mentioned on here a lot. It's funny. There's like there's certain bands and artists. Uh, Punchline's one, and another one is actually like this is how I know this dude is just a good dude. Andrew McMahon. And you can go back through this podcast now, 37 episodes. I think there's three or four guests on here. And, uh, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there's also one or two that uh, was pre-podcast, so they're not even on here. So this, this has been happening for years to me now. But just interviewing people and out of the blue, this is not me asking a question about Andrew McMahon. They just bring up what a good guy he is. Like, it just naturally in conversation has come up multiple times in interviews. And once again, never brought on by anything. I mean, I love something corporate, but... It's it's never really brought on, minus the one time that I uh, interviewed Bobby Vaughn when uh, he was doing the Promise Hero because he, uh, I believe he tore man, I think he was TM for a tour for uh, Andrew McMahon right when he started doing Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. So like I don't know, I think that was like 2014 or 15, and uh, maybe maybe even 16, but uh, like within within that three year gap. But uh, he worked for him, and I, and I do remember asking him a question about that, just how it was, and uh, you know, obviously the hard-hitting questions that I ask. I had to ask if Andrew McMahon was playing Constantine, and uh, I was told some nights, not every night, but some nights, which is enough for me because I, I don't know that I would uh, ex- ever expect him to uh, play that song every night. But it just it warms my heart to know that he still plays it. But, uh, yeah, he's just one of those guys, and same with Punchline, where, like, they will naturally come up in an interview just how good of guys they are. Like, not brought on by me. I'm a fan of both of them, um, but it's never brought on by me. It just kind of naturally comes out. But, uh, yeah, so episode 37, when you're done listening to this, go listen to some Punchline. And uh, I'm sitting here in the WRFA studios. It is uh, 9 p.m. right now on Sunday. And, I mean, this is about as close as you can get to a, a live podcast, really. I'm going to get out of here and uh, throw it throw it on up for you all. So if you're listening to this, like, at midnight, on a Monday, I mean, you know, this is uh, this is pretty fresh. This isn't uh, anything too old. This is a couple hours old, which uh, you know I, I feel is like okay. I, I trust things that are a few hours old. It's uh, it's all good. But yeah, this is our uh, September rundown. I got uh, some new music for you, and uh, you know, a little bit of music news. I'm always late on the music news. We're not uh, we're not an outlet or anything, but I'll bring you a couple interesting stories later on, and just kind of in general how the uh, month has been for music. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some good news stuff, but if you've been listening to the podcast, I have also been just just so ingrained with just old school punk. And uh, I got to give that to uh, Penelope Spears for uh, the decline of Western civilization. Just watching those and uh, including the first one, uh, the, the last few weeks, it's just like all I listen to. Like X is Los Angeles. I listen to that like basically daily now, which is a great record, too, to kind of like – not, it's not even super, super short, but, you know, it's nine songs and it's like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. So it's like, you know, it's still doable. Or it's good for like a workout. You know what I mean? You put that record on while you work out and it's like, you know, the perfect uh, the perfect time. And I normally, I look at a record that's like nine songs. I'm like, what the hell? Like, give us that extra. Like, come on, like round it out. Like, I feel like I'm getting ripped off here without, uh, without that one. But, uh, you know, the more I listen to it, I'm like, okay, actually, I kind of like there's nine songs on here. There's something about it that works really well. And uh, funny enough, actually, 
I uh, I was talking about this earlier on in the year. I didn't make the, I mean, I guess the Connection 9 songs. I don't know how much more connection there is, except for the, I would think the Strokes might be fans of X. But uh, the Strokes, another one earlier this year, the New Abnormal, which is still one of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, that's a nine-track album. And, you know, it, it was kind of the same thing. When I look at the track list, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, give us that extra song. Like, I hate that. Like, unless you're like, I mean, like Russian Metallica, there's like artists like that who give you like that much, but they'll do, which I guess is kind of what the strokes did, but like they'll do those songs where, you know, a song's like 12 minutes long. So it's like, there might only be like seven or eight songs on the quote unquote full length, but it's like, you're getting like an hour's worth of music. So it's like, Oh, okay. I get it. But, uh, you know, same thing with the strokes. I'm like, I'm not a fan of that. And then I listen to the record and I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the nine songs. I feel like each one is kind of cut up in a beginning, middle end, you know, with three songs each. And, uh, you know, I think if you do that the right way, which both of them, I think, successfully did, it makes for a really great record. You know, it's kind of broken up like that. And I kind of like that. It's uh, it's funny because I'm against it before I hear it. I'm like, where the hell is that 10th track? I got to have that 10th track. And, uh, you know, as long as it goes well, I guess. And and apparently it goes well more than I than I uh, realize. But yeah, just a lot of old school uh, punk. And I mean, speaking of Penelope Spheres as well, I mean, you know, later on she did like Dumb and Dumber and uh, the remake of The Little Rascals in the 90s and uh, tons of other stuff. I mean, huge career. But uh, after watching The Decline of Western Civilization, I've also uh, watched uh, Dudes. And uh, I'm trying to think. I just wanted to make sure. I was trying to think off the top of my head if I talked about this last week. But you know what? I think I had watched this maybe even the night that that uh, podcast got released. So I think I watched these like right after the Decline uh, podcast came out. But her movie uh, Dudes and then also Suburbia, which Suburbia kind of has that cult classic and that cult following where like you do see people post about it and like, you know, you know, throw things up there. Like I've been aware of it. That's the first time I ever saw it. But uh, Dudes is a little more obscure. But uh, both were uh, really good, really entertaining. I mean, Suburbia... Suburbia, I think, like, as far as a, you know, just solid, like, actually good movie, I think of the two, that one's probably the more solid movie. Dudes is a more fun watch, though. Um, you know, Suburbia, I mean, I won't spoil it if you've never seen it, but, but I mean, I, I, what I will say is, like, you don't particularly get the resolution that you would want in Suburbia, or, like, not even that you would want, but that, like, typical movie ending, typical Hollywood ending, like, she does not give you that in that film at all, which uh, I like because I didn't see it coming. But, uh, you know, really, really good film. I mean, you know, it's it, and it's so funny to see like Flea in it. it it's funny to see uh, some of those those uh, guys in there. And then in Dudes, I mean, it's really because, uh, I mean, you got John Cryer in there. You got Flea. You have Lee Ving. And uh, Lee, of all of them, actually, I really liked uh, Lee's Lee's performance. He he played he played a creep very well. <laughs> he did a really good job at it. But uh yeah, like both of those really worth uh, going and checking out and like really just that's the other thing is like they're new to me even though they've been out forever, but at the same time what I'm realizing is that most of these films have only been like gotten a real proper release the last like 5 years like a lot of those films you could have only gotten on like VHS like back in the 80s like I don't know that dudes was pressed or you know available for literal decades um you know I think it was out of print by the time I was born like in my lifetime this is probably the last few years been the first times that uh, you could get those those uh, movies Suburbia I don't know that might have been in better circulation because once again I feel like that one kind of holds a bigger cult following like more people I think if you ask know uh, know about suburbia and have seen suburbia than uh, with dudes. I, w- I would assume suburbia made a little more money too, but dudes is well worth uh, checking out. And like once again, I mean, not probably not a film that I'm going to have to run back and you know watch monthly, but uh, it is a good watch. And I mean, if you're a fan, I mean, I like listen, like if a movie called Dudes <laughs> that uh, you know stars the lead singer of Fear and the bass player of uh, well, actually the technically the bass player of a uh, fear for a little while but obviously more well known as the bass player of the red hot chili peppers with john crier i mean if that sounds like a punk rock western basically um if that sounds good to you i mean it's well worth uh, checking out and some some really good cameos in those films as well she uh you know she used those punk rock connections off the first decline and uh you know you see a lot of those bands and uh, all that kind of kind of make uh appearances which is really really cool but uh yeah i mean that's kind of what i've uh you know, been up to just watch or not watching old school punk, listening to old school punk 
and uh, watching those and just kind of, you know, really, and I don't want to stay on it too long because I think I kind of got on this, you know, talking about the decline, but it's like watching those things and like, like even listening, like if I put on like Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood, it does make me like, I wasn't born then. I was born in 1992. So by the time I was born, I mean, hell, I think Vince Neil was out of Motley Crue by the time I was born. That that was, I think that was like Karabi era that I was, I was born in Karabi or Karaba era, whatever, whatever his last name is. And I also think Sammy Hagar or Gary Sharon era. I was born in a really shitty era <laughs> for uh, a lot of those uh, metal bands, hair metal bands, whatever you want to call them from the 80s. But, uh, you know, like what I'm saying is like, Dr. Feelgood is a record that I can put on, and when I listen to it, I get transported to the Sunset Strip, and I think about it in the 80s, and I think about that scene, and uh, and really more of the glamorous parts, less of the, uh, some of the, like more of the fun parts of the excess than the, uh, than some of the other sides of that that you see like in the decline, like, you know, like with uh, Chris Holmes of Wasp, you know, I just think of it as a fun time, like one big party when I listen to that, you know, kind of living dangerously and young, just on the streets, and, uh, you know, it kind of makes you nostalgic for that, which an era that I know nothing, you know, I mean, I know secondhand, but I, I was never there. And it's the same thing listening to, uh, you know, including like West Coast punk from the early 80s, you know, all that stuff in decline. It makes you basically think of the Sunset Strip like five, six years prior. You know, it makes me think of that with, you know, just the the whole, you know, the, the contrast, but also the similarities of uh, the two scenes, you know, just being such a such big parts of youth culture, you know, in L.A. in the 80s, you know, and uh, another one where, you know, still a good decade before me being alive. And uh, it just transports you there, you know, listening to Fear, listening to X, um, you know, listening to those bands that came out during that time. It transports you back to that. And I love that. Like, I think good music does that. Um, you know, another one like Tom Waits. I remember talking about this with C.J. Ramon in our interview. But what I told him is, you know, the thing that I love the most about uh, Tom Waits and why I think my favorite era of Tom Waits is the 70s stuff. Um, like, basically everything before Rain Dogs. I like Rain Dogs enough, but a lot of people, like, regard that. Like, when I was first getting in Tom Waits, I remember getting into, uh, oh, man, I'm trying to think which record it was. Oh, Small Change was the uh, first one that I really, the first record that I listened to front to back. I heard a few songs. I'm like, okay, I think I finally like Tom Waits. That was the first album I got. And when I started asking people, because I'm like, I mean, Tom Waits has so many goddamn records, and there's just so many eras, I'm like, where do I go from here? And the number one thing was Rain Dogs. And, you know, I grabbed that record and, you know, maybe because it is different, it is him entering that 80s territory and, you know, Small Change is kind of the end, I would say, the end of that era of the, you know, kind of being Bukowski set to music. But, like, he makes you so nostalgic for, you know, even though he was writing that stuff in the 70s, it kind of makes you more nostalgic for, like, you know, driving down Route 66 in the 50s. You know, like, I mean, and he talks about it, like, Burma Shave Signs and, you know, just really paints this picture of Americana that just makes you nostalgic for a time that, I mean, for me personally, I was never, I mean, like, decades before I was alive. And it just, but when he, he's such a good songwriter that he transports you back to a time you were never in. And you would never think that in your mind, you feel like, no, like I know the ins and outs of this. Like I am from that small town that he's talking about. And I have been in that diner and, you know, I have seen, you know, drag races down, you know, the main street and, you know, white picket fences and, you know, also the underbelly of that too. Always so great at uh, showing the ugly side of that as well. But, uh. You know, I think good music does that, and uh, you know, I, I think that's part of why a lot of that old school punk. Even though, even though I think with uh, you know Tom Waits, it's more intentional. Um, I don't, I don't think that that X was maybe trying to, though they weren't trying to go back in time. But I think a lot of those bands were documenting what was going on. I mean, literally, their record's called Los Angeles, and it is documenting that place during that time. So at the time, I mean, it was new and fresh and maybe they weren't thinking, I I really don't think they were thinking about it that way. I think there were young punks who were just kind of writing a great record, but, uh, you know, what ended up happening is they made a great thing that would end up being a document and a time capsule really where, you know, I think is why it's still such, you know, probably their like most popular record because it really is. It really paints this picture of, uh, you know, a really certain time and place, which uh, I always enjoy when music does that, you know. I uh, I really do. That's always that's always something I like, and really, really like just so rad, you know. It's kind of, kind of speaking of X and uh, getting into the more listening to Alphabet Land, the record that they put out this year. 
um, I mean, just so good. Like, it's insane. Like, I put it on, and right from the first song, like, Exene sounds the same. Like, she sounds, her vocals sound like they did in the 80s. Like, I'm not even kidding. And then, like, you're listening to everything. Like, Billy Zoom comes on, and it's like that guitar playing, man. I mean, one of, it's insane. Like, it's just, you're listening to him play guitar. And if you don't know much about Billy Zoom, you got to go watch a live video of him. He smiles and doesn't move while he plays, but he's playing this really difficult stuff. And uh, his whole thing was, he said this in interviews for years, but what he wanted to do is he always saw, I love this, he perfected it too, like I absolutely love this, but he always saw guitarists up there playing really simple shit, but like, you know, like running around, like it was so difficult, like making it look really difficult, making these faces and just making it look like what they were doing was so hard and like godlike. So what he wanted to do was instead go up there and actually play something difficult and intricate, not just power chords, and just stand there and smile and look like it's nothing. He just sits there and plays like what he's doing is nothing, yet he's just like fucking going nuts on the neck and just playing just all like I mean great stuff like the range he has too there's there's a new song off their record and I can't remember the name of it right now um I think it sounds like a dude's name that's all I can remember but I listened to it earlier in the rhythm on it I'm like oh my god like it, it almost doesn't even sound like a zoom or not a zoom song a uh, x song and it's just like you listen to this rhythmic like guitar playing that Billy Zoom's doing and just like it like like once again, it doesn't really sound like X, but it just shows like what he's doing is amazing. Like it just it almost sounds like a song like it almost sounds guitar that you would hear in like a James Brown song. It almost sounds like Billy Zoom doing a like like playing on a James Brown song, and it's just amazing. But uh, you know, just outside of X, because I know I'm, I, I spoke about them last week and uh, speaking about them a bunch on this week, just because I've been listening to so much of them. But just the the thing where these bands who have been around for, I mean, decades and decades to come out and put out records this good in their career. Like, I love seeing that so much. It always makes me so happy when uh, the older bands come out because for some reason, like, I guess I can't say for some reason. We'll be honest. A lot of artists do decline through the years. You know, it, it's not it's not something that uh, is that crazy. And uh, sometimes why, too, why I think a lot of artists, you know, who break up, you know, it's like dying young where, like, you know, if you join the 27 Club, everyone always remembers you that way. You know what I mean? Like, no one no one will ever think of Kurt Cobain as a 48-year-old because he was never, you know what I mean? You're, like, frozen in time forever. You're, you are, that image of you, that last image is, is what they remember you by, you know, and, and there's a document there. And then there's other people where it's like you you don't, you know, which is better. You don't die young and you keep going. And, you know, sometimes things change. You change as a person. Your music changes. And, you know, fans come and go. You know, there's tons of bands who I've fallen in and out of love with. You know, I mean, I've, I've spoken about them on here. You know, Newfound Glory is one of them. I said their new record, really, really good. I fell off for a couple years with them. You know, I was really not a fan of what they were doing, you know, like the new stuff. And they got me again. You know, I listen. I'm, and that's the thing. I mean, they're, and they're celebrating. I mean, this uh, past weekend, yesterday, actually, the uh, or two days, if you're listening to this on Monday, on a Saturday, they celebrated their self-titled record turned 20. And that's just their self-titled. You know, they've. I think they formed in 97, I want to say. And, uh, you know, once again, a band who is, who's been around that long, it's like, you know what, they're going to change. They're going to go through things where you're not always a fan, but, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it's that. And then other times bands just, you know, do put out bad things as they get older and, you know, keep going. I think a lot of times too, you get burnt out. You know, the famous, the famous thing is always, you know, you have forever to write your first record and then you have, you know, like a year for your follow-up, you know, that that's what a lot of artists say as well. But, uh, you know, with all those things being said, when a band has been around like X for 40 years and is putting out, you know, great records still and records that I go, this sounds, this sounds just like they did back when they started basically, or, you know, were in their prime, you know, like in the eighties, it's like, that's a damn good thing. But outside of them, the new Bob mold, I mean, if you've not heard this Bob molds, new record, blue hearts, um, you know, you, you, if you've seen anything about it, a lot of the press, you know, has been talking about how it does sound a lot of that stuff sounds like it could be a Husker do record. And, you know, a lot of times that stuff gets blown up and it's like, you listen to it. It's like, wow, they were just doing that to sell it. No, like this, this really like there's songs on this where I'm like, holy shit. Like he's channeling Husker do on this. And, uh, you know, another one where it's like Bob mold has been making music now 
for, you know, as long as X has for 40 years for, you know, to score <laughs> four decades to score, you know, almost half a century. I mean, 10, 10 years shy of half a century and uh, to still be writing music as good as, as uh, he is too. It's amazing. I mean, you just put out this record and the whole thing front to back is just damn good. It's a record. I ain't, I want to skip a song. You know what I mean? I was never bored on it. I was never, I was never like, yeah, this one's okay. It's like the whole time he had me like I was just so pumped. And I've been anticipated for it. Like it's been one of my most anti- anticipated releases since he uh, announced the record back in like June, I think it was. So, you know, I've been waiting a couple months now and uh, he delivered. He'd not disappoint. And I mean, on top of that for him doing it for as long as he has and still putting out stuff that fresh, you know, on top of that, he put out Sunshine Rock just last year. That record came out in 2019. And, uh, you know, was also, I mean, it was one of my favorite records of last year. And another one where, you know, maybe didn't sound like on this one, he kind of has that anger and thrash of, uh, you know, Husker Du. And on the last one, I think it was more, uh, I'd say more of like a traditional rock record. This one's a loud rock record too, but it, it has that, it has that Husker, that Husker edge to it. But uh, I love it that like in the last two years, we're getting like in great records. Once again, not like. Not like a thing where you go, well, you know, Bob Mould put out that album and there's like three or four really good songs on it and the rest you can kind of skip because there's tons of bands who do. Like I would say that too, like more than anything to be fair, a lot of bands as they go along, it's not even that everything they do becomes shit, but there's a lot of bands who maybe put out a couple really good masterpieces early on and then throughout the rest of their career, you know, you can pick a couple songs off each album that you like, you know, like there's a few moments of magic on each one, but they never truly hit it again. But like with Bob Mould, he's playing all these albums where you're like, no, like you're, you're a fan of his career. It's not like, it's not like a guy who you're like, well, I like Tusker Du, and then I like, you know, like I like Copper Blue and then I like a couple songs from his solo work. Like, no, like full length, full length albums, you know, everything he does. And, uh, and I was just talking to someone about this too. It's like, what blows me away. I mean, how goddamn loud this new record is. And it's just, it's a trio. It's just like Husker Du was, you know, it's just, it's three of them. And, uh, I mean, he has a great, he has a great band with, uh, Jason Narducci, Narducci or Ducey. Maybe I did say it right. Uh, apologies. I'm, I'm butchering his name. Damn great bass player. And, uh, John Worcester, of uh I mean he's played with so many bands but obviously Super Chunk being the uh being the number one and uh you know and actually funny enough too that is also Super Chunk's rhythm section live because Jason plays with them live because Laura Laura plays some shows but she has some kind of uh like I, I think it's like a really bad format to not like like even worse than tinnitus and I think it's hard for her to play live so she doesn't tour much with them so he takes over and uh, I, I've seen Bob Mould with him and uh, John and I've seen Super Chunk with him and John. It, it is cool that, that they have. Uh, I mean, Super Chunk's one of my favorite bands in the '90s. So you have one of the best. They play in one of the best bands in the '90s, and then they play with a dude who was in one of the best bands of the '80s. You know, but uh, the three of them just absolutely solid. And uh, on the new record, even live too, because you know they play those. You know, Bob Mould is really good at playing Husker Du songs live. Like if you go see him. He's not one of those people who will deprive you. Like he'll play like you know four or five Husker Du songs, sometimes more, and I, and he will throw like a Sugar song in there or something. Like that's what I like about him. He's not he's not someone who's gonna blow off his past career. You know he's not he's not gonna look away from the stuff that he he realizes that's where people found him with. You know he realizes what Husker Du means to people, and he still goes and plays those songs. And the energy with them up there, you know, you know it's not it's not him with Grant and Greg. But uh, still so, so good. And uh, those guys just put out such a great record. But, you know, I, I love that. I love that with artists who later on in their career are putting out, like, some of their best stuff. Like, really, it, it's it's just awesome. So, I mean, you know, if you're looking for new stuff this weekend, I will play something here uh, very shortly, some uh, new uh, Bob Mold for you. But, I mean, check out X Alphabet Land if you have not yet and Bob Mold's uh, Blue Hearts. Both, both absolutely amazing, and uh, from bands who have just been putting out such great music for decades now, you know, uh, you, you can't thank them enough for it, but uh, absolutely awesome. That's, that, that's another one that I've been listening to a lot, you know, the old school punk and then, uh, you know, the new school stuff with uh, Blue Hearts. But there were there were a few uh, really good uh, things that actually got released this month, and uh, I talked about it, I think it was maybe the August Rundown episode about Record Store Day. And uh, that coming up, and that just passed yesterday on a Saturday, and you know, I, I, I won't I won't stay on it forever because uh, I did talk about it a past episode, but it, it, it's just 
it just feels so anticlimactic this year. Like, you know, just with everything going on, you know, when record stores are open, I've I've been to a, a couple during during all of this. And uh, it is nice. I mean, you want to talk about like normalcy, like even even going in and wearing a mask and stuff. It's like it's still pretty normal. I mean, you can't be right. Actually, it's kind of nice too, because then someone can't be right up your ass anymore when you're when you're like going through the vinyl. You know, you're like going down the alphabet, and it's like someone's someone's like looking faster than you are, and vice versa too. You know, because sometimes you know you know what you're looking for, and someone else is just browsing. But, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about that so much more, you know, now with the awkward, like, you know, running into one another. But, uh, yeah, just just really and – I, and I feel for him. You know, I also said my interest in uh, Record Store Day has really just kind of – it's declined a lot the uh, last few years. And I, and I still look like – and actually, I, I am, uh, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm not really talking shit because uh, as I talk about new releases here in a minute, my list of uh, stuff this uh, month, I definitely threw some uh, Record Store Day releases that I thought were pretty rad on there that might be something you want to go uh, hunt down. But, you know, it was it was really fun for a couple years. Like, I look back on that, and it's like it was just so fun to go, you know, start here in Jamestown, go to our one record store, and then drive up to Buffalo normally and, you know, just spend the day up there, just hitting all the record stores. And, uh, you know, the one year I, I went and saw Soul Patch after two, which is uh, Keith Buckley. And, uh, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Steve Mitchie or Steve Mitchell, I think, the bass player of Every Time I Die. So you got uh, both of them in there. And they do uh, all 90s covers. So I, I do remember one year going up there and uh, hitting all the record stores and going to the waiting room afterwards when that was still a thing and uh, seeing seeing them play all 90s covers and uh, Keith Buckley in a dress, which uh, and I think Pigtails maybe too, if I remember correctly. I think that was, uh, oh, that was Record Store Day 2014. But uh, yeah, you know, like th- those were really fun. And, uh, you know, this year I just, the last few years really, like, I mean, even without a pandemic, I don't know how into it I would be. Like I, like, I always will go look. Uh, you know, online, like what they're releasing, but really what I've, what I think I've done now the last years is more of like, I'll look and if it's something I'm really interested in, I might, I might grab it later on if I see it in a record store, kind of like that thing. Like if I see it, I'll grab it. If I don't, I'm good. You know, like I won't, I won't go sit out in line for, you know, two hours. I must say though, too, with that said, I don't think I ever stood in line like that. I, uh, probably, Probably one or two years here in J- – actually, there was one year in Jamestown. It may have even been 2014. Um, I, I think I did stand in line. I was I was one of the uh, first. But really, you were only allowed to start standing in line like an hour prior. So, like, I think I might have stood in line for about an hour. Um, I do remember the one year. This is another one, like, you know, kind of – because I don't just want to – I'm not really trying to shit on Record Store Day. You know, I'm just saying my personal, I've kind of – you know, it, well, I, I I will say though, my one criticism is one of the reasons why I'm not as into it now is that it has become bloated a lot of ways. Where you know the pressings aren't as exclusive. You know, when you press when you do nine thousand pressings of, of something, it's not the most limited. Like let let's be honest here. Like the and this is actually one. Like I love the replacements and actually the the one the one really big record store day release I would like this year and uh, one that I'll I'm just gonna grab one of these days i'm sure when i see it because and it, it's their uh it's the whole performance of them live at a uh, university of wisconsin uh you know incarcerated and uh, they did put that out with that dead man's pop box set last year but it's only on cd so this is a vinyl you know this is the first time on vinyl and it's for record store day this year but i saw they're pressing 8500 copies of it and it's like that's not really that that like you know what i mean like that's not that limited at all like and I love the replacements but even then I'm like I mean I don't I don't feel like there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people clamoring to go grab that so it's like I'm not that worried of never finding it you know what I mean like there used to be like releases that they put out that were like they were limited to like three or four thousand and it was like you know like a record from like Foo Fighters or like Metallica or something like a really big band where you go like, oh, like that will like sell out like easily. Like, you know, if you press 3000 or something from, you know, Metallica and go put it out, you know, on record store day. Yeah, that shit's going to sell out. People are going to hunt that down. And that's part of the fun of that. But then you start, you know, the prices keep going up of what these records cost. But then so do the so does the amount that they press. So it's like as a collector and a fan, you're kind of like, 
well, I don't really want to pay that. And then they kind of, I think the other thing that, uh, you know, Record Store Day in in a lot of ways has probably fucked themselves over is by doing that, I think sometimes it bites them in the ass because here's the thing. If you press 10,000, people do catch on to that where it's like, well, I don't have to go wait in line for three hours anymore for it, you know? Like, and I'm sure there's still a lot of flipping going on. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's ones that got released this year, which are probably on eBay right now for a pretty penny, which, uh, you know, I don't, I don't condone flipping. I have sold records over, you know, I've sold off my collection on eBay, but I've never been one to buy, you know, the intention of selling. It was never, it was uh, never my thing. I, I remember telling, I worked at a record store once for about a month and uh, nothing bad. I uh, I actually just was not really a fan of, of work. I thought working at a record store, I kind of romanticized it. And then I did it and I'm like, well, this isn't this isn't what I had in my mind. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember telling them that because I think they were asking about like how much I knew about like online sales, about record and stuff. And I'm like, and I, I had to tell them, I'm like, look at like I've sold my records throughout the years when I needed the money, like like that way. But it's like I'll buy shit to flip it. They like that. They were like right away. The dude interviewed me. He's like, oh, like like good. Like 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 he was so happy. It's like, oh yeah, like this dude knows. Like okay, he even right there. He's like, all right, he's not flipping them. He's not he's not one of those because you are. You're kind of a dirt bag. I, I've seen. I've spent more than enough time in record stores to see people flipping through their phones, seeing what things are worth to uh you know grab it and go resell it like that's shitty like you're a piece of shit if you do that now if you're sitting on something that you just never like i used to buy records constantly and a lot of times i just buy things that i thought i'd listen to and would either listen to once or twice or just truthfully never did and then you'd look on ebay and all of a sudden you're like oh my god that record is just sitting on my shelf collecting dust is worth two hundred dollars and then it's like well $200 worth more to me than it is just sitting on my shelf, not listening to it. And, uh, you know, so I've done that, but yeah, the people who go out to like record store day to flip the stuff, I, I cannot fucking stand that. It is, you're, you're a terrible person if you flip that stuff. Um, you know, but still please, (laughs) please still listen to this and support the show, but just know you're a piece of shit for doing that. But, uh, you know, what I was getting at though is record store day, I think kind of, you know, kind of bites themselves in the ass with that because people catch on with that and it's like, well, it's not limited anymore. So we're not going to go stand in line for three hours because I can just go grab it later. Because the other thing too, is you're also now charging so much that you have to be a hardcore fan to want some of those. And you don't have 10,000 people who want to pay, you know, $30 for a seven inch. You know, I and I and you see that more. Like there was a time where, like, you know, you get a seven inch. It's like, yeah, I mean, you might pay third. Like, you know, I remember paying thirteen dollars a couple times for a seven inch, and I'm like, well, you know, it's it's probably more than you'd normally pay a little, but it's like it's not that much. And once again, it's very limited. You know, like there there's some very neat ones that they did, like the Lemonheads and the Misfits. Uh, you know, both doing skulls. Like that was a cool one, which uh, I'm I think I actually have that one. Yeah, and it, and it was it was like fourteen dollars. And it's like, that's totally cool. And it was pretty limited. You know what I mean? I think it was like limited to like under 3,000. And it's like, that's, to me, that's worth it. Misfits and Lemonheads on on a record for record store day, that's pretty limited. And that's worth the money. Like I'd pay 14 bucks for that. But now you take something like that and you're charging people, you know, 30 bucks for it. And now you're pressing 8,000 of them. Good luck finding 8,000 people want to pay $30 for two songs, you know? And I, I think that happens. And you find that stuff in the clearance bins, you know? Because it is true for as many uh, records on, you know, that the record store day releases that you'll find on eBay, like in with inflated prices by like 100 or 200 bucks than, you know, what they were selling for. There's also probably hundreds of them that, uh, you know, just never really sold. They're being sold for like, I mean, less than what a re- just a regular record sells for. You know what I mean? Like you start being able to get those things for like under $10 because once again, they just kind of, you know, they, they, just overestimated or got greedy or whatever with the amount they were going to put out. And you know, that, that stuff kind of bites them in the ass, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there were some really fun times throughout the years and you know, this year with everything else going on, I mean, and I, you know, you can only have so many people in there too. So the record store days of yesteryear where like everyone's crammed in and you get a little aggressive and stuff like you really can't do that this year either. You know, and uh, and in that sense, too, I feel bad for them because it's like, you know, they're they're still doing it. It's still neat. And it's like, you know, kind of having that lackluster really to no fault of their own. It's just, you know, it's the year and everything. And I know they're doing those mini drops, too. I did see that because they're like doing like three this year instead of the two they normally do. And uh, 
I guess that's kind of what like this last one was uh, on Saturday. Like, you know, they released, I think, like maybe 90 titles, maybe le- actually that might be too many. They maybe did more like 50 or 60 and, you know, like instead of a couple hundred, um, you know, and then they just did like the three drops. So, you know, I mean, uh, that's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm still going to mention some uh, on here, like ones that I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I would I would grab that or I'd be on the lookout for that. Something I think you may be interested in. You know, if you're in an area where record stores are open and you're going to one, and it's like, oh, hey, that might be something to go, you know, fine. But that's my thing that kind of bums me out. It's like I liked it better when I was like, I want to get up that day. Like it was a whole thing. It was a thing you looked forward to. You looked at the list, what you're going to go find. You know, you'd get online with your friends. You'd be like, you know, like, oh, what are you looking for? Like I'll look for that for you. You look for this for me. And uh, that kind of thing where now I'm more of a I want a couple of those releases, but I'll just grab them sometime like I'm not I'm not that, uh, you know, like concerned about grabbing them. But, you know, let me know. I, I love talking to people about music. Hit me up. Powercordhour at Gmail dot com. You know, some of your favorite record store day memories. And, you know, also this year, I want to know your haul because that was the other fun thing is the, the what I do like about it is the spirit of it gets people out and will buy other shit because that's the other thing too. Like I'd go to record store day and I'd buy record store day releases, but I would also buy tons of other stuff that, you know, you just buy any other day, but you're in the record store, you know, and it does pull people in. And I I think that's awesome. Like that part of it, I think is cool. It's like, you know, if it pulls people into an indie record store who hasn't been to a record store in years, or, you know, maybe it never been. And that got them into it. That's awesome. Like I, I, you know, you, you really can't shit on that. You know, that's uh that's an awesome thing. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely wish I had that more now of like still wanting to like go out that day and grab them, you know, day of, instead of being more like, well, you know, I'll grab them one day if I see them. But, uh, you know, maybe it's just me, but let me know, you know, I want to, I want to know if you went this year, like, let me see your haul. What did you grab? You know, I love that kind of stuff. Like, let, like, let me see what you got. Including if you got that replacements, make me, uh, make me jealous. Show me that replacements, uh, vinyl. And, uh, also let me know how it sounds. But yeah, email me powercordhour at gmail.com with that. And uh, I'm going to get into it right now. I have a list of new releases for you right here of the month, uh, including some record store day releases that uh, you might want to go look for. And uh, I'll play you some shit here afterwards. Mercy Music just put out a great one, Nothing in the Dark. And uh, this band's been around for a little while. I have known of them because their drummer, uh, Ryan, great, great drummer. He used to be in a band in Buffalo called The Boy and His Machine and uh, also a band called Benson. Who uh, I don't, I actually I don't know if they were. From, yeah, they were from Buffalo too. I take that back. And uh, I think another one too. I, I've what I'm saying is I followed a couple of his bands, so I know he's been doing this, and he's a solid drummer. I saw him play live a couple times with Boy and His Machine, but uh, they're a Vegas band, Mercy Music, and they just put out what I believe is their first full length, and uh, it's really really good. Nothing in the dark. You definitely want to go check that out. He actually played too. If you know Mohawk Place. Uh, up in Buffalo, my favorite show I ever saw there, which this all connects because it goes back to Punchline. This is all going back to earlier in the episode. The greatest show I have ever seen at a Mohawk place. And I'll say not not uh, hands down ever because who knows? Shows aren't over. Maybe one day I'll see one better than this, but I doubt it because this one was, you know, this this was actually, I think, the very first show I saw in 2010 as well because it was late January. So it had to be. This was January 2010. Um, The show at Mohawk Place, Punchline headlined, and uh, the Swellers played that show. The Boy and His Machine, uh, which Ryan played in for Mercy Music, and uh, Thrown Under the Bus, a local local Buffalo band, and then, yes, Fighting for First, another Buffalo band, uh, you know, long, long gone. Actually, that entire uh, show... Everyone's broken up except for Punchline, which uh, you know is a testament to Punchline. They they've always been you know they've been around for so long, and uh, you know another. Speaking of another one, who I mean maybe, maybe they haven't been around for forty years, but they've been around since the late nineties, and they're still putting out great stuff and uh, still sticking it out there, which I love and admire. And uh, you know, so I mean, they're the only one actually on that bill though who are still around. But that show, greatest show I've ever seen there. A part of it may have been because three of those bands were locals, so. You know, like, I don't I don't know if it was that because people knew them. But, but you know what, though? Even as I say that, that's not true because people were going fucking nuts for the Swellers and for Punchline as well. And, I mean, it's one of the greatest shows I ever saw Punchline play and just the best show I've ever seen at Mohawk Place. I've seen tons of shows there, and 10 years later, that is still the greatest show I've ever seen there. Like, it just so, so good. 
And uh, yeah, I, I remember being blown away by the Boy and His Machine. That's that's the first time I heard those three local Buffalo bands. And uh, the funniest thing, actually, I uh, I don't think I ever met them afterwards. I don't know if I went up to their merch or not. But they're the one band thrown under the bus. I, they, they probably have like an EP out there. I remember buying it on iTunes. This was this was like ten years ago, so who knows? But uh, I remember dry, on the way there listening to Take This to Your Grave on the way up and listening to uh, Tell That Mick. He uh, just made my list of things. Di- uh, <laughs> my li- <laughs> Sorry, it's a long-ass song title. Tell That Mick he just made my list of things to do today. And I was listening to it. I'm just like, God damn, this song's so good. Such a good album opener. I'm like, someone should cover this. Like, how, how have I never seen a band cover this? And then I got up there. They they their first song was an original, and then their second song in all of a sudden they start playing that opening, and I'm like, is that tell that? And then just right away, and I'm like, I was always that was like how the show started, and probably part of why it's one of my favorites to this day. Because it's like, you know, 30 minutes before that, I'm thinking in my head, I'm listening to that record, and I'm like, someone should cover the song, and I walk in there, second second song the first man plays is that song, you know. But, uh, yeah, best show, best show I've ever seen there. Go check out uh, The Boy and His Machine, too, if you like. Uh, kind of like Hit the Lights pop punk. Kind of like just imagine what was going on in pop punk like mid-2000s, you know. Yet, yet they're a lot better than <laughs> – I, I say that as there's not a podcast out out uh, here called Neon is for Josers where I shit on a lot of pop punk from that era. This is actually good pop punk from them. Or from that era, but uh, check out Mercy Music. They they totally different sound, but are really goddamn good. Doesn't matter what Ryan's playing, and he's a great drummer. But uh, I'll play something off that here in a minute. But that is nothing in the dark. Check it out. As far as uh, record store day goes, Johnny Thunders and Wayne Kramer. If you did not know, started a band years and years ago called Gang War, and uh, like the demos and stuff have been floating out out there. But I think this is uh, the first like actual like proper release it's gotten it's a record store day vinyl you can grab and uh, that one's pretty neat because like i said I mean, that stuff's been out there and i've heard it before it's good stuff to check out but uh i think this is first like official release of it that wasn't like a bootleg and uh it, it's so funny when you hear wayne kramer talk about that because he was talking about how he was trying to get sober during that time so he went and started a band with johnny thunders <laughs> which uh is not the smartest move you know like i mean wayne kramer's a smart guy but you know, I love him. He's talented, but I don't know. It's not the best choice if you're trying to be sober to be in a band with Johnny Thunders. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you've never heard that, well worth checking out. That'd definitely be a record to grab if you're in a record store and you see it. Uh, very cool on the Menzingers from Exile. It is uh, from last year's Hello Exile. All the songs reimagined and acoustic, and uh, very cool. I'm always happy anytime we get new uh, Menzingers. Will Met put out their new record. It is self-titled Will Met, and uh, that is spelled W-I-L-M-E-T-T-E. If you like something a little heavier, go check that out. Really good record. And uh, another Record Store Day release, Bayside, put out Heaven. It is a 7-inch, and uh, as a Record Store Day exclusive, you can grab that. Deftones put out Ohms, and I actually fucked this up. I think uh, on our August rundown, I mentioned that the record came out last month. And that's a lie. Um, some singles came out, but the whole record just came out on uh, actually last Friday, I think it was, the 25th. So, yeah, it came out this month, not last month. So my lying ass on uh, August apologizes. It actually came out this month, and uh, just such a great band. you got to go check that uh, new one out. I definitely I, I like the singles I've heard. I've, I've Obviously, I didn't hear the whole thing before because it wasn't out yet, but now I definitely got to go check the the whole thing out. The singles have been pretty good. Thrustin Moore of Sonic Youth just put out a new one, By the Fire. Bob Mould, like I mentioned, Blue Hearts. You got to check that out. I'll play something here for you in a minute. Record Store Day release, and uh, the one I want the most is the replacements live at University of Wisconsin. The whole thing, um, you probably remember it as Inconserated, the EP that's been out for decades uh, now that had like five songs on it and some really good ones. Great live version. All the all the songs on it are good, but really one of the best live versions I've ever heard of Here Comes a Regular. And uh this is this is now the whole the whole uh thing is now on vinyl for the first time. And uh that is one I will definitely grab when I see it. Another cool record store day release and uh not the first time available but uh, might be the first time on, well, I don't know. I guess I'd have to look. I will not say this for sure. Maybe the first time on vinyl. But then again, this also came out, 
you know, in the late seventies. So it may have been pressed on vinyl originally, but if it has, it's been decades since it was, uh, it, it, uh, was, was in press, uh, the Ramones it's alive too. And, uh, this one did not get a box set release. I don't think I mean, it's a record store day, but they didn't do the same thing they did for the first one a few years ago where it comes in that, uh, just like, just like the replacements, dead man's pop and the please to meet me one that's coming out next month. But where it comes with like three CDs, a record, you know, like extended liner notes, pictures, you know, behind the scenes, like stuff written and stuff. Um, I don't think this one is that. It's just it's alive too on vinyl. But uh, I mean, it's the Ramones. You gotta go check it out. Uh, another cool record store day one: Mike Watt and the Second Men, uh, Inquescence, and uh, that is a seven inch. And you gotta go check that out. That's another one. Mike Watt's a legend. You definitely gotta go check that out. And uh, one that I'm going to play for you right now, and one of my favorite things that have come out this month, you definitely got to go check them out. They are Attic Salt, and their new record is called Get Wise. This is their debut record, and they're from uh, Springfield, Illinois. My buddy Zach, who uh, you've heard on a few episodes on here, if you listen to our uh, Top 5 Blink-182 songs and our uh, Top 5 drive Through Records releases, uh, a couple older ones from earlier, not, not really old, I mean months old really, but uh, from back in like March and April, I think he was on. And uh, yeah, he's from uh, Springfield. So I, I visited there last year and I had some good times there. But uh, this band is from Springfield and uh, very cool. It's uh, it's just a really good pop punk record. And I'm excited to see where they go from here. And uh, it's good stuff. So I'm going to play something right now, kicking off this little block of music. Here is Attic Salt off their new record, Get Wise. You need to get wise and go check this out. Right now, here is Mod. Yeah. 
what's up? This is Joey Cobra, and you're listening to the Power Chord Hour. for a few days yet i already know it is going to be in my top 10 end of year uh, list for albums coming out in 2020 right here on the power court hour podcast that was bob mold with siberian butterfly before that was a new one from mercy music for you that was tuesday and opening up that block of music was attic salt with mod go grab those new records blue hearts by bob mold nothing in the dark from mercy music and get wise from attic salt and uh, actually one that I totally missed earlier, and I don't know how because this album is great. Um, I did just listen to this the other day. It was beautiful out. went for a ride and threw this on. Uh, Slick Shoes, Rotation and Frequency, that uh, is out. And our buddy and friend of the show, uh, Steve Kravick, actually produced that. We talked about it earlier this year when he was working on it. Uh, we were talking about his Stephen Bradley record um, during that time. Right, Actually, he was recording it lost power in his studio and uh, had to come down. He We ended up doing the interview early because they lost power, so he had to uh, drive down. He's like in a pretty desolate part of California. Hell's Half Acre is his uh, studio. And uh, he had to go drive down to, I believe it was a post office, to get reception and uh, call me to, the, to do the interview. But we were talking, and he hit me up a little bit before, and he's like, hey, man, you know, if you want to do this any earlier, like – I have, like, there's no power in the studio. We can't do anything. And uh, while he was doing that, he was recording Slick Shoes. So uh, he he took a break from recording them to uh, come interview me. And kind of a forced break, I guess, because it's hard to record a record when uh, the power is out. But, uh, yeah, it was a great interview. It's like episode four of the podcast. If you never heard it, it is way back there. Like, our he was our first guest on the podcast. Um, so yeah, very, very cool. We talked about during that time, him recording the record and everything, and now it is out and I would love to have one of the dudes from Slick Shoes on. It's just, it's so good. Like if you're a fan of Slick Shoes, it's just such a great record. Like the riffs, oh my God, they're one of those punk bands that just are actually good at their instruments and, uh, just some really, there's some moments on there sound unreal. And Steve did a great job producing it. He produced a lot of their records in the nineties. Um, basically all their, all really their fan favorites. And, uh, he killed it. He came back and, uh, absolutely killed it with the new one with them. But, uh, yeah, I forgot, I totally forgot about that one. And it's so good that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it here afterwards. So uh, go check out that new slick shoes as well. Before we close things out here, I got a little bit of music news for you. 
And uh, just a couple little things here. This one's pretty neat. Dave Haas just announced that he will release two EPs of cover songs. They're going to be coming out October 23rd, so here in a couple weeks. And uh, both EPs are called Patty. One is P-A-D-D-Y and the other is P-A-T-T-Y. And uh, they feature Dave's covers of songs written by uh, some of his favorite songwriters, Patty Griffin and uh, Patrick Patty Costello of Dillinger 4. And uh, I'm loving this concept. It's just such a a neat idea. And uh, on there, he will be joining Dave Dave on the EP. It's going to be Brian Fallon, Laura Stevenson, Lily Hyatt, and a bunch of others. And uh, I'm excited. I'll have to check that out. I mean, I love, I will be honest, I don't really know Patty Griffin, so I don't really know her music, but as far as, uh, and I would still check it out, but I mean, like with Patrick, I mean, or Patty, I should say, don't really, I've never really heard anyone call him Patrick. It's always Patty, but, uh, you know, I love Dillinger 4. I mean, just so, so goddamn good. So I would love to hear Dave Haas covering uh, some uh, Dillinger 4 songs, but so far for the, uh, for Patty Griffin, the uh, track list is going to be Moon Song, Long Ride Home, Top of the World, Poor Man's House, and When It Don't Come Easy. And then for uh, Patty, for the Dillinger Four songs, it's going to be Minimum Wage is a Gateway Drug, The Father, The Son, and the Homosexual Single Parent, Double Whiskey, Coconut Ice, The Great American Going Out of Business Sale, one of my favorites, and uh, Superpowers That Enable Me to Blend In with Machinery, uh, another one of the best ones on, uh, the first, on the first record there, Midwestern Songs of the Americas. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll check both those out. I'll have to go check out Patty Griffin's music because I am uh, not familiar with it. But, I mean, as far as the D4 covers go, he picks some damn good uh, Dillinger 4 co- songs to cover. And, uh, like, I don't know. Like, there's people, there's guests on it. But I guess since it's going to be just Dave Haas solo, I assume it's going to be acoustic. And then, you know, people will uh, also sing on some of those songs with them. You know, maybe uh, Brian, like, I wonder that. I don't know what song Brian Fan will be on, but, you know, some of those Dillinger 4 songs, he might take over some of the uh, other vocals on there, which would be neat. But, yeah, I assume they're I assume they're kind of stripped back, which I think will be very interesting to hear on the Dillinger 4 songs. And uh, and if nothing else, it just reminds you how good Dillinger 4 song titles are. They they really do predate. I mean, they had, they had Fall Out Boy on like a decade like they were like 10 years before fallout boy doing those really song those really really long song titles that have nothing to do with the song like i don't know that there's one song title that has that really has much to do with any of their songs like there <laughs> very rarely does that happen but uh, I, I thought it was well worth letting you guys know. I feel like if you're a fan of this show, you're probably a fan of Dave Haas or at least one of his bands and probably a fan of Dillinger 4. And if you're not, I mean, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, go listen to them, especially Dillinger 4. I mean, especially Dillinger 4, one of the, one of the best ones. And I would say the uh, best band from Minneapolis from the 90s, best 90s band from Minneapolis, hands down, in my opinion. And uh, another great band who's announced some new music, Red City Radio, announced that they've signed to Pure Noise Records, and they're going to release their new first full-length since 2015, self-titled. And the new album's going to be called Paradise, and this will be out later on this year, December 4th. I'm very, very excited for this. And uh, the band released a single and a music video for their song, Baby of the Year. It's a really, really funny video, actually. And you should go check that out, and you can pre-order it now. Pre-orders are up on Pure Noise Records' website. I'm excited for this. Um... Their their last full length was really good, but also their EP Sky Tigers, which came out back in 2018, that was their last uh, release. They put a couple singles out. But that was like their their last like release of more than a single was uh, two years ago with Sky Tigers. But uh, the really the direction they went on there, I love. Like those are some of my favorite Red City Radio songs. And uh, I was very I was also very happy to see like Love Is a Liar, one of the singles that they did release like sometime last year. That's going to be on the new record. And uh, they released, like, a, I can't remember the name of the other one. They released, like, two or three singles last year, which were really good. I know Love is a Liar is on the new one, but I'm not sure if the other two are. But I wouldn't be bummed because those songs are so good that, uh, you know, they probably will fit really well on here. Um, that, that, that single from last year was really, really goddamn good. So I'm excited to hear that on here. And Baby of the Year didn't, didn't uh, disappoint either. That was really good. So, I mean, two songs so far. I'm pretty excited. I mean, anything they ever put out is uh, pretty good. I, I'm always a fan of Garrett Dale's songwriting, so uh, I'm, I'm very uh, looking forward to that on the back end here of uh, you know records coming out because we're getting towards the end. So I mean, like, I mean, a couple more fall releases, but I don't feel like there's tons and tons. Like we had all that new music coming out, and now I feel like it's starting to slow down again. You know, it, it's like kind of halt. No, nah, not really halting. I shouldn't say, but 
you know, it, it's not coming out to the volume that it was there for a couple months. But, you know, that kind of happens in music naturally, uh, pandemic or not. You know, kind of the uh, last half, the fourth quarter, if you will, is never is never a huge time. But I always feel like it also shines a lot because what does come out is uh, normally some really good stuff. You know, like if it does come out, there, there may not be tons, but it's kind of quality over quantity in that. So uh, I'm very excited. And uh, another little piece of news after selling out the first pressing earlier this year, Armor for Sleep did just announce that they've pressed more records of their What to Do When You Are Dead 15th Anniversary Edition. And we talked to Ben about that earlier on in the year. That thing sold out like crazy. And uh, the new vinyl, if you've not grabbed it yet, features new color variants and uh, some unreleased B-sides and demos from that era, which is very cool to hear. I, I've not heard them yet, but uh, this is, like I said, I don't really collect vinyl that much anymore. This is one that I would grab, though, and uh, including with that bonus stuff because that's just such a great record but uh, the band also announced on top of that that they did reschedule the tour dates for next year we're going to be playing what to do when you were dead um full they're going to play that record in full i don't know if it's front to back we were talking about that when i interviewed him and i don't i don't think he knew yet he thought more than likely front to back but i uh, wasn't sure yet but they're going to play all the songs off what to do when you were dead there and uh, that should be pretty cool i i would like to catch that they uh I think the date they were going to play near me um, earlier this year, pre, he was my last interview before Corona, when uh, everything was still going on, uh, it, they they were playing near me, I forget where, but it, it had already sold out like months in advance. So, I mean, people, people are excited for this. And uh, it was great to hear him mention too earlier in the year. I mean, if you're a fan of them, he's been very much... We're probably not going to ever make new music again. It's not really a thing I want to do. And this time, he didn't say they were putting anything out anytime soon. But he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not against it anymore. He's like, I, I would put something out if I thought it was going to be good. So, you know, some uh, some really good news from that, from the, you know, Armor for Sleep camp there. You know, being, uh, being not a super active band for quite a while now. You know, they just kind of pop up from time to time. But kind of the most active they've been for a while, which really, it really sucks that the, you know, COVID kind of hit when all of it was uh, ready to happen. But hey, next year for the 16th anniversary, it'll be cool to see that tour. And uh, if you're a fan of that record, you know, those, the, that first pressing sold out really fast. So some new color variants and uh, you can go grab that now. And uh, who knows how long it'll be up? Probably, probably not very long. So probably within the week or so of me releasing this, I would definitely go grab that if that's a thing you want. But uh, that is some music news for you. Like I said, always light. It's always funny because I'm like, I think of the music news I say on here. And, yes, it is news, but it's just very, you know, it's very just kind of light. Just kind of light music news. I'm just letting you know what's going on in music. But, I mean, that, that's kind of the uh, whole that's the whole thing here with our, our rundowns for the month. And I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, I want to thank everyone, too. We've, we've had quite a few downloads this month. And I'm very happy because I've done a lot of solo shows um, which I enjoy doing, and I feel like it's a muscle that I like to keep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's not a muscle I want to lose. Like, I want to keep up the stamina or whatever metaphor you would like there. Um, you know, so so coming in and being able to just, you know, talk for an hour and hopefully it be something that you want to listen to. And, I mean, it seems like I've been getting some good feedback on them. Um, I definitely like that. You know, I love having guests. And uh, it's a different dynamic doing this, but I, I also like I like variety. You know, I like both. Like we had Nick Leet on this month from High on Stress. Loved having him on. Uh, loved that new record from them. You know, loved talking about it. But I also like coming on here and just bullshitting about things. And uh, I've done that a lot this month on here. And uh, we'll have some more guests next month. And I'm sure somewhere I'll just bullshit as well. But uh, I've been talking to some people. My uh, my buddy Kyle, who uh, you've heard on here, like before mentioned the uh, Blink-182 episode. And I also did the also the Neon is for Josers one where it was originally supposed to be a podcast where me and uh, Kyle talked about like the bands that got us into punk rock. And then somehow, I don't know how it happened. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear it naturally happen because just somewhere in there, somewhere along the way, we, uh, we kind of got off that and got into how terrible uh, pop punk got there in the uh mid to the mid to late 2000s the whole neon the whole like neon era of it and just how terrible it was but uh we went we we just kind of did like a 3 hour podcast just shit talk in that era of music but uh he is always fun to do podcasts with and uh, that's the thing he's been on twice and i think both episodes are over 3 hours long and uh, those are just the episodes i think we're on the phone for like 4 hours for both of them so it's like just a good dude to talk music about 
and uh, always has some great points about things. He's, he's like our resident pop punk expert. So, you know, we get him on for that stuff. He should be here. He should be on here soon. We've been talking about getting uh, doing an episode. I'll keep it under wraps what it's about. But it's about more pop punk, though. If you enjoy my episodes of Kyle and us just bullshitting about pop punk, you'll enjoy this next one. And uh, also my buddy David Gello from 19 Cent Zine. We had him on here earlier in the year. And uh, going to have him on kind of for like the same theme that I'm having uh, Kyle on for. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'll keep it under wraps. But I'm very excited, and uh, the one the one with David kind of is a great connection because it's connected to how me and him met, and uh, some good times. Maybe maybe some uh, maybe some stories will come up, some fun stories will come up in that one. But I know they'll come on. I got a bunch of other people I've been hitting up, so we'll have some more guests for you in the uh, in the new month. But uh, yeah, I just want to get on here, do a little rundown at the end of September, and I uh, hope your fall is going well. Hope your uh, pandemic ain't too bad either. You know, it's uh, it, it could be worse. So if you're if you're sitting there listening to this podcast and you're in good health and you're still here and all that, that's that's all we can ask for right now. But uh, that is it. I guess, I guess that's like a positive note. I guess I'm ending it on a positive note, which is not how suburbia ends. So <laughs> go watch suburbia. It, it is not is not as uh, uplifting as is my words there of encouragement. That eh, look at that. Look on the bright side. Look on the bright side. <laughs> that's what I leave you with. But uh, yeah. Oh, and also, how can I forget? Stay connected with us if you if you are not following us online at at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or on YouTube or on Spotify. You want to go look at Spotify? Actually, last week um, on the on the Power Chord Hour radio show, I played all for two hours just '70s and '80s punk and hardcore. Uh, you know, influenced by obviously the decline of Western civilization episode, and then that throwback episode with Paul Cook, which if you haven't checked out. The uh, drummer of the Sex Pistols, I mean, still one most nervous. I mean, you know, you, you interview the drummer of the Sex Pistols, you get a little nervous for it. And I definitely was for that. But uh, after doing that, I did a playlist of all 70s and 80s punk and hardcore on last week's radio show. And uh, I put up our playlist of what I play on Spotify every week. So now you have one of over 90 minutes of just, I mean, the newest thing is the Dead Milkman's Bitchin' Camaro, which came out in 1985. That's the newest song on that playlist. So if that sounds like something you're into, uh, it's it's just all the punk and hardcore that you heard on The Decline and you know all the original bands from the 70s. And I also have a couple protos in there, like the Heartbreakers and the Stooges. And uh, yeah, just some good stuff. So if that's your thing, go check that out on our Spotify page. And I believe you can follow us on there. So follow us if you can. And, uh, you know, the podcast is uh, everywhere now, including Amazon, so you can listen on Amazon Music. And uh, hit me up if you rate and review. Please subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And if you rate and review us on iTunes or anywhere you can do that, really. I always say iTunes, but maybe there's other places you can do it. Uh, send me a screenshot, and I will send you a free Power Chord Hour t-shirt. So email me, powercordhour at gmail.com. Send me that screenshot of the review, and uh, you'll get a free shirt. It is a uh, win-win. So for the Power Court Hour, until the next episode, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.